0: This is Live Well Talk on COVID-19 Vaccine and Frequently Asked Questions. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point, St. Luke's Hospital. As the COVID vaccine rollout continues and becomes available to more people, questions are surely to arise. Returning to the podcast today is Dr. Nate Brady, physician at St. Luke's WorkWell Solutions. He's joining by audio today. Dr. Brady has been heavily involved in the planning and rollout of the COVID vaccine for the St. Luke's team members and joins me today to discuss what he's seen as far as the most frequently asked questions, uh, as well as to dispel some myths,
1: perhaps. Uh, and uh, I- I'm looking forward to this. Welcome back, Nate. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dustin. I appreciate you having me on. It's important that we get the word out about uh, how-, how well things are going, actually.
0: Yeah, you know, I think, uh, first of all, the-, the timeline that they got the vaccine to market multiple companies are really impressive. And I, and I've said on other podcasts, I think this will be looked back as uh, momentous, uh, in the annals of medical history, but, uh, talk, talk about, uh, what, what, what you're seeing as far as, uh, side effects, uh, to the shot and what you've heard from visit, uh, patients and, and, uh, staff members, as well as the safety of the vaccine.
1: Yeah, you bet, Dustin. So we, uh, during our preparations, you know, finding out which vaccines were going to come when. We spent a good deal of time reviewing uh, all the information from Moderna and from Pfizer and all the FDA information in the CDC so that we'd be prepared. Uh, and so nothing has come as a surprise because the information has been uh, very accurate. And if anything, we probably were over over planning for the side effects that have been occurring. So that's that's good news. See when you read through the numbers of people who experienced you know headache, fatigue, arm pain, flu-like symptoms, the percentages that were in the studies uh, for both of the the companies vaccines were were pretty high and I think people were right to say uh is this going to be a lot worse than than my usual flu shot. And our perspective was that yes it probably is and and we prepared pretty uh you know pretty pretty high level concern for that so one of the reasons that we've rolled out kind of slowly and methodically starting with 150 people a day and then ramping up to 300 which was our our ultimate goal which we did after six or seven sessions was to be sure that we knew everything we could about how people were going to react to the vaccine so uh, the good news is, you know, we've been doing this in the Heart Center, as you as you know, and you've seen our our setup. You came through. I came through and did mine. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I was there personally the first couple of days because we wanted to have a doc on hand. Uh, and after, you know, on the second day, I just looked around and realized I was completely superfluous. The nurses, you know, had it under control. Nobody was having funny reactions. We were We were keeping people there for 15 minutes. Nobody was having anaphylaxis. You know, the EpiPen stayed on the shelf. So all of those first, you know, several hundred made us realize that this was going to be a lot more, uh, a lot more like a regular vaccine clinic. And it has been.
0: You said you're up to 300 a day. What what do you think the maximum is that you can handle? Not that I'm going to commit you to it, just curious.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, this has been a story of... uh, a little bit of overpromising, you know, at the national level, and everybody's saying, "Why haven't we given more than five million shots, six million shots, or whatever?" Which, you know, I, I think the amount of shots that are coming out is actually a you sort of like what you were saying with the development of the vaccines. It's a tremendous success story. Actually, it's just a question of perspective. I, I think things are moving very quickly. A third of the vaccine's been used. You know, I was, I was doing better than the national average. We're, we're 14th yeah. in the country. You know. So I think it's very, and we're, and we're doing better than the Iowa average. So I think things are going great. So as far as optimizing and balancing Dustin, uh, the allocations and the very careful, making sure that you give it to the people that need it most, that's kind of our, our biggest rate limiting factor is you can't necessarily get your group one, you know, to call all come in on Sunday night when the shipment's there or whatever, you know, people have People have lives, and they they do need to schedule this once they get the alert. It takes a few days, you know, for people to work through it. And there's some very enthusiastic people who probably would stay up all night. But you know, the the sort of the normal response is to find out you're you're a candidate to do the online setup that you need to do and schedule an appointment at the next convenient time, which is you know sometimes it's next day, but sometimes because of work schedule or whatnot, a person might go three days out. So. One of the reasons that this is still going to be a controlled burn for a while is that, you know, people are humans and they have complicated lives and they don't necessarily, not everybody in the next thousand that you invite uh, is in that most enthusiastic group. So I would say one of the things that we learned throughout this was to always be sort of one, you know, there's those phases, 1A, 1B, 1C. But we even have multiple tiers within those phases. And what we right. realized pretty quickly was to sort of scale up and always be dipping into the next, the next tier of people. And, th- and that's where we've rounded out so that we've got some from each group so that you get the most enthusiastic people of your next group starting to trickle in. And that's worked great. So in answer to your question, that is a long answer, uh, the 300 to 400 in our current setup is pretty optimal. That okay. is uh, inviting a dozen people for every 15 minute slot. We, like I said, we started at first. We're going to invite six. We just didn't want it to look chaotic, too. Um, but now that it's nice. Well, you didn't want it. to
0: observe social distancing, too. The last thing you want to set up a vaccine clinic that congests everyone at the uh, at the uh, bottlenecks.
1: Exactly, and and we have, you know, there was one day where we had more because we've also been pretty open to the walk-in some people will stop in just see if they can get it early and we've been doing a little we're trying to be very flexible and doing some waiting lists so we did have a moment where there were people stacked up so to speak in that large area by the track which you know we didn't like they were maintaining their distance but so we're doing everything we can to kind of keep the balance between getting enough shots in arms while being very careful and meticulous so uh, it's in that three to four hundred neighborhood with our current setup, and then, you know, as I, I know you and and I and the group, we're we're going to be talking about how to how to change this going forward as we roll out to the community, uh, where where and how we're going to do that to optimize, and and maybe we'll be able to improve on that.
0: Yeah, you know, I do want to just for the listeners that we did break up the the tiering system that we used in house was based upon COVID exposure. And caring for patients, as well as the duration of your COVID exposure—brief uh, encounters versus extended encounters—and you can do them. Uh, the uh, math from there is for all that works out. But uh, the, you know, I, I think once we get, I, I'm anxious to see how efficient the nursing home delivery system is. Uh, I believe it's starting next week through Walgreens, CVS, Hy-Vee. Uh, that's a set. That's outside of public health. So you and I really haven't been involved in that, and I don't have a lot of knowledge of how that's taking place. Uh, but I, I'm I'm anxious to see that be an efficient process and get it done uh, rather quickly.
1: Yeah, I've been uh, you know looking at the numbers on the the CDC, and there's a couple of newspapers that do nice you know kind of graphic dashboards. And you know the way those are, my guess is the reporting's you know more than a day or two behind too. But it looks a little bit hard. <laughs> they got started. You know, they're getting started somewhat later than us. So that's part of it. But their percentages are pretty low. And having dealt with uh, the team you need between, you know, we've got an employee health group. uh, We have pharmacy. We have, you know, logistics and supply management and just plain old leadership on our daily uh, phone call about the vaccine that we do every day at noon. And, you know, we've been doing this call daily for six weeks (laughs) since a couple of weeks before the vaccine came out. And we've never not had something to talk about, you know, usually you set up these groups and after a few sessions or a few weeks, you can say, should we move we, this can, to weekly? And, you and, and we just can't yeah. do this. Yeah. Uh, so the logistics are hard. The, you know, I was one of those people who thought, well, once the vaccine comes out, you know, they don't understand. We do hard stuff all the time. We know how to mix uh, medicines and, and give shots. That's the easy part. But it is different. Uh, we have the right capabilities. We have the right equipment and enough resources, but it is still doing a lot of stuff in bulk. So, you know, you've got great people in the pharmacy who do complex medications from, you know, peds to the elderly and chemo and a very complicated regimen. So that there's nothing about the complexity that's hard, but logistically saying, and we need 600 of these today. Right. Uh, and, and and your fingers are going to freeze when you touch the vial and the vial is tiny you know there's some uh, real, and, uh, there's some real factors uh, you know
0: right in the uh the whole second dose you know that's that mm-hmm. is another logistical snag
1: you bet so i mean all of those have been have been planned for and you know like i'd say it is going very very smoothly but when i look at uh, and as you know, for, for the work well, clinic, work well Clinic, we want to get out and do this in, in businesses, too, to speed things up. And making sure that you don't waste any of this vaccine that needs to be used within six hours that's been diluted by a professional, that's going to continue to be hard. So I think the story is probably, unfortunately, because I don't think it's terribly true that this is a slow rollout, but I think that slow rollout story is going to hang around these vaccines for a good long while uh, until we get to one that is, you know, completely easy to use, which, you know, I, I, who knows about the brands and which one's better and all that. I don't want to get into that. But um, I do think there's going to be certain vaccines that are appropriate for a hospital like ours with all the resources. And then there's going to be easier ones to go run out to the nursing home. And so my guess is that's that's part of what's going on is They've got exactly 147 people there, but the vials come in the packaging that they do. And if you don't use every single shot, you know, that's that's not okay. So trying to do this perfectly with no waste has, has is probably the biggest challenge. And that's actually going to get harder, not easier at, as we roll out. On the plus side, we're going to be more experienced and we're going to know what the right workarounds. You know, one of the things we discovered is that you need to have both walk-ins and a waiting list to make sure that your number's right, and, and a, a midday check to make sure that your numbers are right at the end of the day. And that, that's something that we'll take going forward and we'll make sure that we have a pharmacy partner that can work with us on that so that by noon we say, hey, there's gonna be 120 more and then we gotta keep it at that. So right, uh, right. a lot of challenges, but sol- sol- solvable challenges.
0: And it, you know, the two dose regimen, you can't get it sooner than the 21 or 28 days, whether it's Pfizer or Moderna. But yet, if you miss that 21st a day and you have to go longer, the CDC says do not uh, start over, um, correct? Yep.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the um, you know, as you know, with healthcare workers and and the hepatitis vaccines, you know, we were all required to get that and prove that we've had that everywhere we work. And you know, half the people you meet uh, won't know if they've had two shots, three shots, or what. You know, it got to the point where we just started checking titers and realizing you either need a booster or you don't. But what we learned from that is uh, people do great when you give them the shot later. Actually, you get a very robust antibody creating response actually with delayed vaccines. So, you know, the three weeks or the four weeks is more about how quick can we get a full dose into people rather than. don't let that first response, you know, wear off before you boost it. Uh, uh, because great, vaccinologists, that's a, that's a, sorry. That's a good description. Yeah, yeah, it'll, uh, the, the vaccine works great if you delay it. And the reason we don't want to delay it is because we want people fully vaccinated soon. Right. So on the individual well, that's, level. That's, very. And smart. that's,
0: with Operation Warp Speed from the federal government, there was, you know, they partnered with private industry. And one of the reasons they got it to market so soon was they didn't, had that ongoing refinement. You know what I mean? So it, what normally would happen is, oh, it's got to be stored at minus 88 degrees. Okay, we'll go back to the lab and get it so it doesn't have to be that stored like that and make it so it's one shot. So all those things, you know, we're, we, we're kind of doing it on the run. I mean, we don't, we, we'll know soon what the immunity is and whether or not you're infectious if you got the vaccine. We're usually that stuff's done ahead of time. Uh, so this is, this is, it's a dynamic situation.
1: You bet. We're kind of the. This is not really a phase four trial. It's more like we're continuing the phase three <laughs> trials out in the. I said that. Yeah, I, I've uh, said that. This is phase three. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I think of it too. Um yeah. I you know once you get the safety down, I think that's appropriate for something as important as this. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the protection. I one thing I would point out is so we've been doing this all about a month now, and so we're in. We're currently we've given Pfizer and we've given uh, first dose of Moderna and we're in second dose Pfizer, uh, along with some first dose Pfizer is what we've been doing the last couple of days. And we're keeping all that, you know, nice and separated out and make sure we have the the doses set aside so we for sure have number two for everyone. Um, But we've had enough experience now that we have already had four people who in the first couple of weeks, Ended up COVID positive four or five days later. You know, we tested them because they didn't they didn't get a fever the day after the vaccine. They got a fever a few days later. Uh, in a couple of cases, there was exposures. We said so we better test for COVID actually. And we so we've already come across uh, four cases, which is interesting because you have a lot of people advocating for you know maybe give the first dose and give the the second dose later. Um, and I don't know the ins and outs and that of that except to say, like most doctors. I'm always wary of doing something that they didn't actually have in their protocol. So if somebody tells me to do it, I'll do it, but it wouldn't be my uh, my first guess. But we haven't had any delayed, we haven't had anybody yet who's called us three weeks after their vaccine uh, and been COVID positive. And so my suspicion is, certainly by the time you get the second shot, there's a very, very good chance that you're safe. Um, but you're certainly not safe in that, first week or two, and there's no reason to think you would be, um, but it's just a uh, funny coincidence, you know? Yeah, no, it's, you know,
0: that's, that's why you get it two weeks before Thanksgiving, not the morning of.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, at the beginning, you asked me about side effects though, and I think I, I switched us to a a conversation about rollout. So one thing I should go back to say is in the, um, the side effects that we have been seeing, The most common, we've had, I would say at this point, 15 calls or so to that 8801 line that's kind of our COVID hotline. Um, And the vast majority were sore arms. Uh, We've had three or four just sort of flu-like. We've had uh, a few people need to miss a day of work because it was flu-like symptoms that you'd expect, just like with any shot where you just have a malaise and and a little low-grade fever and some body aches. So we've asked people to treat those with some Tylenol or ibuprofen, and those have gone okay. Um, and we've had some delayed sore arms lately, and that one's kind of interesting because you're not expecting somebody to say, now it's day eight and my arm is hurting again. So those would be, and we're monitoring most of that on the phone. A couple of people have sent me pictures of their arms, and, uh, you know, so far, knock on wood, we haven't had anything worse than that. But these shots for the vast, vast, vast majority, I mean, you can attest to it and I can too. It just felt like a flu shot. <laughs> um, but there's definitely some people where it hurts more. Um, and that's, you know, that's not unusual with vaccines. Anybody who does general medicine, you know, if you if you shoot 300 people's arms, you're going to have one or two where it's swollen enough that they'd like you to actually take a look at. Um, we do that every winter with our flu Clinics now, to the, there's I, always a couple arms. I personally thought when I got my shot that
0: it it the pH of the solution must be different. It's because it didn't it didn't hurt at all. I mean, I didn't even feel it. Where you know oh, the really? flu shot kind of has that, and I'm sure it's from the pH of the the, the uh, solution, Cut, causes a little sting. This nothing. You mean at the moment of the
1: shot? Right. Right. Yeah, I I thought that too. I had the same kind of arm ache, you know, the next morning that I normally get. But I agree that I actually because I was trying to take a video of myself and I was trying to wince and, and be funny. Um, and I kind of missed the shot because it was you didn't feel right. that injection. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, That's
0: true. And it, of interest, I had the same nurse that gave me my flu shot, gave me my first dose. <laughs> so so it's there's some consistency. There.
1: This is a controlled trial. You're running yeah, one person. So I publish them. Publish them Uh, on the on the warnings on the on the shots. Though the the thing that I want to reiterate for the for the healthcare workers, they'll probably listen to this. Is we do know that since you get your immune response ramped up by the first shot, that the second shot is more likely to cause those side effects. So I, I expect if we were to talk again, you know, in a month, I might say. I saw a few more interesting things. Certainly the arm pain is pr- going to be worse with the second I've shot. i had one, one physician that had a fever
0: and chills through the night, felt really rather quite ill, uh, but then was fine the next day. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, I am aware of one on the second dose. Well, Nate, this is really great information. Thanks for taking the time. I know you got a busy, uh, busy schedule with the, the vaccine rollout, now, as well as your other duties. Again, this is Dr. Nate Brady joining audio today. He's a physician at Saint Luke's Workwell Solutions. For more information, visit Unipoint.org. Thank you for listening. To Live Well Talk on. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.